0: He was born on 11 November 1885, when he died at the age of 60 on 21 December 1945. Was it because of an accident, or was it murder? At 11.45 on the morning of 9 December 1945, General George Patton, arguably the most successful, outspoken, and controversial armor officer in the U.S. military during World War II, was en route to go pheasant hunting near Mannheim, Germany. According to official reports, he was severely injured when his Cadillac staff car collided with a a two-and-a-half-ton U.S. Army truck. Twelve days later, the four-star general who triumphed against Hitler's best from North Africa to V.E. Day was dead. I'm Oliver North, and in this War Stories podcast, you'll accompany our top-notch documentary team as we pursue the facts in this enduring post-World War II mystery. The Army investigation concluded it was a tragic traffic accident. But others believed it was an assassination. When Germany surrendered on 8 May 1945, the United States was the only superpower in the world. Europe was prostrate. We alone had what was then called the atomic bomb. American GIs were ready to return home, but George Patton wanted the victorious American army in Europe to take on a new adversary. The always blunt general was vocal about who our new enemy was, the Soviet Union. General Dwight Eisenhower disagreed, and so did most others in Washington, including President Harry Truman. In this War Stories podcast, we'll explore the rumors, myths, and conspiracy theories surrounding General Patton's puzzling accident and death. Patton had already announced his plans to return home and retire the day after arriving in the United States. Strangely, he was the only one injured in the crash, and the official Army accident report has never been found. Listen carefully to the firsthand account of Patton's driver that day, PFC Horace Woodring. You'll also hear from Robert Wilcox, who claims the accident was staged by American and Russian intelligence operatives. Wilcox says he knows who killed Patton. You'll meet U.S. Army nurse Lieutenant Bertha Hole, who cared for General Patton during his final days. And finally, you'll hear General Patton's grandchildren share intimate details about their grandfather's life and his untimely death. This podcast of War Stories is brought to you by the team that's produced the longest-running, continuously-broadcast military documentary series in history, and as always on Fox News, we report, you decide, was it an accident or was it murder? Welcome to this edition of War Stories Investigates. We're at the Patton Museum of Cavalry and Armor at Fort Knox, Kentucky, surrounded by what made George Smith Patton famous, tanks and armored vehicles. George Patton started out as a cavalryman. Ironically, he was the first to employ motorized warfare in the U.S. Army, thus making the horse obsolete. Patton was always colorful, outspoken, and his life was full of controversy, rumors, and myths. Hitler's generals feared him. Eisenhower tried to control him, and the press had a field day with each headline he produced. 9 December 1945, Patton was en route to go hunting on a cold morning near Mannheim, Germany. And his Cadillac staff car collided with a US Army truck. The four-star general was the only one injured. And 12 days later, America's greatest armor expert was dead. Was it simply an accident, as the army concluded? Or was it, as some believe, an assassination? Tonight, War Stories investigates the remarkable life and mysterious death of General George S. Patton. 8 May 1945, V.E. Day. General George S. Patton, Jr. delivers a triumphant address praising his beloved Third Army. More
1: than 80,000 square miles of country have been liberated or conquered. You have demonstrated your irresistible prowess in France, Belgium, Luxembourg, Germany, Czechoslovakia, and Austria.
0: Though the American G.I.s were looking forward to coming home, General Patton was ready for another fight.
2: When the war was over, he was looking for another war. I mean, he dreaded the idea of peace.
3: He's the purest warrior we've ever had. He believed in destiny to lead a great army in a desperate battle. George S. Patton, Jr. was born
0: 11 November 1885 on an 1800-acre ranch in San Gabriel, California. Lake Vineyard had been owned by his maternal grandfather, Benjamin Davis Wilson, the first mayor of Los Angeles. The future general's parents affectionately
4: called their son, Georgie. He was read uh, by his aunt and father uh, mythology, um, history. Um, anything that they thought would um, spark the fire.
0: Robert Patton is the general's grandson and wrote about his family
4: in The Pattons. As early as uh, six or seven years old, he announced that he was going to become not just a military man, but a great military leader. And he set his sights on people like Caesar and Hannibal. These were his role models.
3: He, uh, he used to love to play to play soldier, uh, and he would play general. Acclaimed historian Carlo Deste penned Patton, a genius for war. They made up um, almost sort of the first little tank when he was a kid, uh, made out of a barrel and some other things, and they they went flying down a hill.
0: These were some
3: of Georgie's childhood
0: playthings. Toy soldiers, a wooden sword, and a trusty slingshot. The family has a history in the military.
3: His great-uncle was was killed at Gettysburg. His grandfather was also killed during the Civil War. And... uh, those stories of the bravery and everything certainly filtered down to Patton. 1904
0: after a year at the Virginia Military Institute and some lobbying by his father a high-powered attorney 19 year old George Patton enrolled at West Point. While soldiering came easy for the young cadet he struggled mightily with academics. Unknown at the time Patton suffered from what we now call dyslexia. I think he had to work a little harder to be on the same level um, as his peers. Patton's grandson James heard stories about those difficult times, and he and his mother Ruth Ellen wrote about them in the button box. Did you ever see any manifestation of dyslexia in what he wrote? Misspelled words, no punctuation, no capitalization, run on sentences. Patton's letters are not easy to read. In this letter to his father, he wrote, quote, I am doing rotten, and unless I do much better, will I much fear not even stop at the bottom? Despite his handicaps, many of his peers saw Patton as boastful and arrogant. One person Patton looked to for encouragement was a vivacious Bostonian, Beatrice Ayer. They met on Catalina Island through family ties. Granddaughter Helen Patton Plushick grew up hearing stories of their courtship. Helen, tell me about your grandparents.
5: They were deeply, deeply in love and got to know one another while working on the play Ondine, and they both were water sprites. And by the end of the rehearsals and the final performance, it was pretty much sealed in stone.
3: His future father-in-law was actually a self-made millionaire. He thought Patton should go into business, and Beatrice went on a hunger strike. So eventually he gave in, and he welcomed Patton into the family.
0: Patton had to repeat his plea beer at West Point, but in 1909, After five difficult years, he graduated 46th in a class of 103. The newly commissioned second lieutenant joined an active army that was only 85,000 strong.
3: Patton wanted to be a cavalry officer above all else, and he got his wish. And he ends up on a remote post, uh, originally Fort Sheridan, Illinois.
0: But first, he had some personal business on 26 May 1910. George and Beatrice wed at an extravagant Boston ceremony. A year later, their first daughter, Beatrice Eyre Patton, whom they called Little B, was born, and in 1915, they welcomed their second child, Ruth Ellen. 9 March 1916, Mexican bandit Pancho Villa and 485 of his followers crossed the border into New Mexico, killing 18 Americans. President Woodrow Wilson looked to General John
3: Blackjack Pershing to hunt him down. Pat heard about this thing, and of course he wasn't part of it.
6: He begs Pershing to take him because he doesn't want to miss out on combat.
0: Frank Jardim is the director of the Patton Museum of Cavalry and Armor. The number one thing that people come to this museum to see is... That famous Colt revolver, the one that you've got in your hand there, that is the most famous handgun in the world. he
6: could have worn a white hat, he would have. Turns out he actually uses it. He had gotten wind that one of Pancho Villa's principal officers was, was hiding out in the area. He um, took these uh, Dodge touring cars and his men in search of, of Julio Cardenas and he found him. It was the first mechanized cavalry attack.
3: And they have this roaring gunfight right out of a Western movie. And the next thing you know, Patton's photograph and his name is in most of America's newspapers.
0: Spring 1917, the bloodletting of the Great War was already in its third year when America joined the fight, and
3: George Patton rose to the occasion. Pershing turns to him and says, Patton, I want you to form, raise, make a tank force." But we had no tanks. We had no tanks. We had nothing. Patton, by himself, knew nothing about tanks, went out, formed a tank center, devised uniforms, devised tactics... And by the summer of 1918, they had about 10,000 people.
2: He was the only one who knew how to drive a tank.
0: Army historian Kevin Hemel has studied Patton's crucial role in World War I. Is there any sign of the future four-star in what people see in him during World War
2: I? Right off the bat, people were noticing. And he really kind of whipped these soldiers really into shape. And he modeled himself after John J. Pershing.
3: And he leads them into battle at, at Saint Hill in, in the first ever American engagement of World War One.
0: Just days later, on 26 September 1918, Patton leads his tanks again on French soil in the Meuse Argonne offensive. He's wounded.
2: Everyone ducked in a trench, and he kind of looked up, and in the clouds, he saw his ancestors looking down on him. And he thought it's time for another Patton to die and give his life for his country. So he. Follow me and led out of the uh, the trench, and he immediately got shot through the lower abdomen. And he would not allow himself to be evacuated until everyone else had been taken care of.
0: And in the aftermath, is decorated for his
2: parents, sure is yep, Distinguished Service Cross.
0: Eisenhower knew that no one was more prepared to lead American troops into combat than the fifty-six-year-old General George Patton. When War Stories returns, we'll show you never-before-seen photos snapped by Patton himself. 11 November 1918, the war to end all wars is finally over. It was also George Patton's 33rd birthday. Despite a happy marriage and family,
3: he wasn't celebrating. The war suddenly ends and Patton uh, is lost and goes through a period of depression.
0: By the following spring, the World War I hero was posted to Fort Meade, Maryland. There, he met a 30-year-old major by the name of Dwight D. Eisenhower.
2: They would sit up at night talking about tank warfare.
3: They became very, very close friends.
0: Patton would do anything to get the Army to buy tanks, including using his wife Beatrice as a passenger, seen here in these rare home movies. My grandfather
1: asked my grandmother to get in the tank to show the, the assembled
0: pachyderms how a woman could do it. As America entered the Roaring Twenties, the nation was living high, but the Army suffered drastic cutbacks. The defense budget for Patton's tanks, just $500. In the aftermath of World War I, the tank battalions, of which he had been a part,
2: are no more disbanded. That's right. The real heartbreak for him was he knew that he would have to leave tanks and go back into the cavalry.
0: By Christmas of 1923, the Pattons were stationed at Fort Leavenworth, Kansas. They received a Yuletide blessing. George S. Patton IV was born.
5: I think my father might have even been an accident. Of course, he was very proud to eventually have a boy. For the
0: next decade, the Pattons bounced from post to post. With no war in sight, he occupied his
3: time with other pursuits. Patton was more than just a soldier. He was an Olympic athlete, participated in the 1912 modern pentathlon. He was the Army's first master of the sort. He's an accomplished polo player. In fact, he brought a number
2: of ponies to his first base, had more horses than his commanding officer, uh, and that wasn't too well received.
0: May 1935, with Patton's 50th birthday fast approaching, and nearly 16 years since he'd seen combat, he yearned for a challenge. Assigned to a second tour in Hawaii, George and Beatrice embarked on a 2,000-plus mile journey, sailing from San Diego to Honolulu, as seen in these family home movies.
2: By the time he goes to Hawaii, he's the captain of the polo team. He had made a fall one time and had a concussion, and about a week later he turned to his wife and he said, what am I doing? I don't remember anything from the last week.
5: And after that, he would begin to have the mood swings. My grandfather suffered from depression any time he wasn't completely taken in and taken up with something and engaged, she kept him engaged. When she needed to take her own time, he felt put upon, and I think those are the times when he began to hit the bottle.
0: While they were in Hawaii, Beatrice suspected that her husband began an affair with her half-niece, 21-year-old Jean Gordon.
5: This was devastating to my grandmother, but my grandfather offered my grandmother the most beautiful silver chalice. And uh, I think that this spoke volumes.
0: 1937, as an army intelligence officer, George Patton was extremely concerned about Japan's rampage through China.
2: He actually wrote up a plan of what if we were attacked by the Japanese and who do we need to imprison to make our island safe? And they became very unpopular. Great guy in war, no one likes him in peace.
0: But on 7 December 1941, Patton was proved right. Japan bombed Pearl Harbor. Four days later, Germany and Italy declared war on the United States. America desperately needed combat leaders and training for over two million new army recruits. General Eisenhower, now Commander-in-Chief of Allied Forces, Looked to his old friend, 56-year-old George Patton, to whip the boys into shape. 8 November 1942, more than 100,000 American and British soldiers stormed the shores of North Africa. Patton's objective, Vichy French-controlled Casablanca.
4: By going against what he felt was second-rate French forces, they were able to get a foothold and move forward.
2: And they surrendered on November 11th on his birthday. And so he went into Casablanca and took pictures of all the troops moving in and said, this is a great birthday present.
0: You came across a, a treasure trove of photographs. hmm With George Patton that had actually taken himself.
2: Patton carried a camera with him throughout World War II. It swayed from his neck from North Africa to Germany, uh, and he captured anything that caught his eye.
0: Kevin Hemel discovered these never-before-seen photos at the Library of Congress. He assembled them in Patton's photographs, war as he saw it
2: and so he would send beatrice just stacks of photographs and he said uh, this is for some future historian to write a less untrue history of me
0: while stuck in morocco playing the role of diplomat to the french and the grand vizier to the sultan hitler's desert fox erwin rommel dealt green american forces a vicious blow at the kazarine pass inflicting over 6,000 american casualties
2: eisenhower plucked Patton, said get in there, relieve whoever you have to relieve, turn this corps around. Within 10 days, Patton did just that.
0: Find out how two slaps in Sicily landed Patton in hot water with Eisenhower and almost ended the armored general's career. That's next on War Stories. Reeling from the defeat at the Kazarene Pass, General Eisenhower replaced Lloyd Friedendahl. George Patton was tasked to command two corps and put some fight back into the American GIs.
2: It was bad, it was real bad. We lost several people. A
0: survivor of the Kazarene Pass, Iowa native Joe Boytonot remembers one of Patton's orders
3: sounded strange. For the British were wearing shorts and knee socks and hobnail shoes, we had to wear ODs helmets and neckties.
0: In combat?
3: In combat. He wanted his soldiers to look like soldiers, dress like soldiers, and act like soldiers.
0: To Patton, appearance was everything. He wrote, it's absurd to believe that soldiers who cannot be made to wear the proper uniform can be induced to move forward in battle.
2: That might seem extreme, but the
4: morale
2: and the spirit of the army was so crushed that he said, you know, I'm gonna go to the other extreme.
4: Operating in North Africa really sparked my grandfather's spiritual predilections, particularly his very strongly held belief in reincarnation.
3: He believed he had been uh, an ordinary soldier in in other battles, that he had been a Viking warrior, that he had been in Napoleon's army.
0: How would you describe George Patton's faith? I think he was very devout. He had a great faith in the power of prayer.
5: He read the Bible every day, and he would say to his troops, read the Bible. Because you'll never know when you'll need it.
0: Patton galvanized the troops. On 23 March 1943, in the barren valley of El Gatar, he told his commanders, gentlemen, tomorrow we attack. If we're not victorious,
3: let no man come back alive. And they fought exceptionally well at El Gatar. It was the first time that we had shown that we could really fight. And this was Patton's doing.
0: After reinvigorating Two Corps, Lieutenant General Patton was sent to take command of the 7th Army for the next Allied invasion, Sicily. 10 July 1943, 80,000 Allied troops land on the beaches of Sicily. From the start, Patton clashed with a pompous British commander, General Bernard Montgomery. Legend has it that Montgomery hatched his battle plan giving prominence to British forces in a bathroom in Algiers with Eisenhower's chief of staff, Major General Walter Bedell Smith.
2: When it began, his job was to guard Montgomery's flank. Well, Patton, infuriated by this, took it as a personal insult. So he began his own drive. Does Patton
3: ever say, we've got to beat the British to Messina? Oh, he did, yes. And he was obsessed with the idea of of getting to Messina first.
2: His 7th Army covered twice as much ground as Montgomery's eighth. It was like a modern-day
0: cavalry charge, with Patton near the front, constantly urging his men to go faster.
2: This is a guy who knows that his presence is important, and he's up front.
0: By 17 August, Patton's 7th Army had advanced 60 miles to capture Messina. But in his haste to beat Monty, fatigue and his emotions got the best of him.
3: In early August, he was going to field hospitals to pin on Purple Hearts to just hold their hand, and it tore him up to see these men bleeding and dying. And he saw two men that he believed were Howards. And he slapped both of them before these this horrified medical staff.
2: Eisenhower told the press, we're going to cover this in-house, leave it alone. This guy's important to the war effort. And the press agreed.
0: But three months later, muckraking journalist Drew Pearson leaked the story, and it made headlines. Congress howled for Patton's resignation.
3: Eisenhower had to make one of them. Most crucial personnel decisions that he ever made in his life. He ordered him to apologize to the two soldiers. He did, yes. and the doctors.
2: Correct. And Patton voluntarily apologized to the troops. Eisenhower didn't order that part.
0: This is a photo of Patton apologizing to the First Infantry Division on 27 August 1943.
3: But the two slap incidents nearly cost him his career.
0: Hitler launches a massive counterattack in the Ardennes against all odds. Patton's third army breaks through to Bastogne. That's next on War Stories. August, 1943. In the wake of the slapping incidents, Patton was in the doghouse. Eisenhower took away his seventh army and ordered him to remain in Sicily. A bitter George Patton wondered if he'd ever fulfill his destiny.
2: He at one point says, a year ago I commanded three divisions, now I command little more than my dignity.
0: After five frustrating months in exile, Patton finally got the call to come to a meeting with Eisenhower in England.
2: And when he arrives, they said, we're giving you command of Third Army. You're not gonna lead the D-Day invasion.
3: He would have been the uh, commander of, of the American invasion force, but because of what he did, They felt that they could not allow him to do that. In the meantime, his subordinate, Omar Bradley, gets that assignment. And so ironically, Bradley becomes his boss.
4: My grandfather purchased Willie um, while in England. He had been left on the sidelines of the D-Day invasion, which irked him terribly. He bought Willie as a pick-me-up, and he named it William the Conqueror. But when the dog proved to be quite a coward, he uh, shortened the name to Willie.
0: With his bull terrier Willie by his side, Patton rallied the troops. I heard the speech in a tin theater in Devizes, England. 27-year-old Massachusetts native Alban Erzik was captivated by Patton's words. It was a, a real
1: motivational, kick-em-in-the-pants type speech. Everyone came out aghast.
0: The speech, as it's now known, was immortalized by George C. Scott in the 1970 film Patton. The movie garnered seven Academy Awards. We
1: are advancing constantly and we're not interested in holding on to anything except the enemy. We're going to hold on to him by the nose and we're going to kick him in the ass. We're going to kick the hell out of him all the time and we're going to go through him like crap through a
2: goose. Patton would go around to different groups to give the famous Patton speech. He would begin it and end it every time with, you didn't see me here, I was never here. It was secret that Patton was in England because they were creating a fake army around him.
3: To fool the Germans into where we were going to invade. And the most logical place was the Pas de Calais. It's the shortest distance between Britain and France. And it's beautifully staged.
0: Patton tried to keep his location secret, but on 25 April 1944, the British press leaked that he was in England. While speaking to a ladies' group in Knutsford, he said, quote, Undoubtedly, it's our destiny to rule the world, we British-American and, of course, the Russian people.
2: The British SAS decided to bring him out and let the Germans know he was in England, and they never told Eisenhower this. So Eisenhower goes ballistic on Patton
3: after D-Day. He sees the frustration because they can't break out. They're facing these these hedgerows. He's offering ideas uh, to Bradley. Bradley had his
0: own ideas about how to break out from Bocage country. His plan, Operation Cobra, called for 3,000 Allied aircraft to unleash 8 million pounds of bombs on Hitler's Wehrmacht. But Bradley's daring plan went awry when American bombers inflicted over 600 American casualties despite the setback, Cobra achieved its goal.
3: All of a sudden, they realize there's this gigantic hole, and that's when Bradley cuts Patton loose.
0: In August of 44, Patton's 3rd Army advanced 400 miles in 26 days and liberated 50,000 square miles of France. Their dash was unprecedented. Patton's Jeep driver, Sergeant Francis Sanza, remembers the need for speed. I mean, he's the guy that burst through. Oh, we were going pretty fast. We were getting closer and closer to Germany. Patton said we'll be in the Rhine in 10 days and I believed him. Patton wants to keep driving and yet Bradley and Eisenhower decide otherwise.
1: We heard the reason we were stopped was that there was shortage of gasoline and that Eisenhower decided to give it to Montgomery. And all of us were shocked. The 10th of September, He came up with a very bold, very risky plan called Market Garden.
0: Patton was furious, but his soldiers did what it took to keep fuel in their tanks. Erzik shared his experience in gasoline to Patton.
1: We captured German gas. Patton diverted trucks that were headed for the 1st Army to a 3rd Army. He once said, uh, my men can uh, eat their belts, but my men have to have gas.
0: 26 September 1944. Money's Market Garden is a near-total disaster. Allied casualties total over 17,000. Patton's 3rd Army was ready to push on, but foul weather and a reinvigorated German army, led by Otto von Nobelsdorf, stymied their efforts.
1: It was a totally, totally different war. The tanks couldn't
3: negotiate. The field, thick, sticky mud. Patton trying to take the fortress of Metz It was probably the worst setbacks that he had during the entire war. And the casualties just piled up, and then Patton turns his worst hour into his finest hour.
0: 16 December 1944, a quarter of a million desperate German soldiers burst through the Ardennes forest, encircling American units. The Battle of the Bulge had begun. Three days later, in a cold Army barracks in Verdun, Ike asked his commanders for help.
3: And no one really came with a plan. Bradley shows up, he has no idea what he wants to do. Patton had three different plans worked out before he even left to go to the meeting.
2: Eisenhower said, okay, who can relieve Bastow?" And, and Patton said, I can. He said, well, when can you get moving? And he goes, December 22nd, three days. And Eisenhower says, no, you can't. And he convinces Eisenhower to let him do this so I can get Third Corps moving in three days. First,
0: Patton needed to motivate his troops. Albin Erzick, then a major, remembers meeting old blood and guts. I saw a deep, at, uh, tremendous rate of
1: speed approach me, and uh, there was a figure standing holding on the windshield and the figure had a lacquered helmet. Three stars, three stars on the call, three stars on the shoulder, three stars on a swagger stick. Well, I saluted Patton, and he had uh, crooked teeth and a crooked smile, and he went from group to group. crack, slap on the back, a word of appreciation. But in 30 minutes, he mesmerized that group. The
2: other generals in the high command didn't believe he could do it. He turned an army around 90 degrees uh, within three days. And was on the attack.
1: My tank led the way. The roads were slippery, bitter
3: cold, snow on the ground. That winter of 44-45 was the worst in 50 years. It was frozen hell.
0: 22 December. After traveling nearly 100 miles under cover of darkness and over treacherous roads, a victorious Patton and his Third Army reached Bastogne. I sent a task force into
3: Bastogne. We relieved the uh, 101st on the 26th. Probably the finest performance of, of any American military commander in World War II. It was an amazing,
0: amazing feat. But only a year later, Patton would die under mysterious circumstances. War Stories returns to the scene of the accident. Or was it a crime that resulted in George Patton's untimely death? That's next on War Stories. After cementing his legendary reputation by relieving the 101st Airborne at Bastogne, George Patton was poised to enter Germany.
2: The Rhine was the last natural barrier to Germany. Once you crossed that, it was open field running.
0: Monty called it the greatest water obstacle in Western Europe and devised an elaborate plan rivaled only by Operation Overlord to seize crossing points. But on 22 March 1945, George Patton beat him to it.
2: The Secretary of War actually writes him a letter and says, we sent Montgomery tanks, boats, bridging equipment, and by God, Patton crossed the ride.
3: He then achieves one of his war-long or maybe lifelong dream of peeing in the Rhine, and that's precisely what he does.
1: A photographer from the 704th took the picture. Patton said, send a copy to Monty.
0: Next, Patton wanted to seize Berlin, but Roosevelt had already decided that prize would go to Stalin's Red Army.
6: When uh, Bradley called him on the radio and told him that Ike said he's going to cut off your food, your gas, all your supplies, that's when he had a couple little tears in his eyes.
3: Patton's contempt for the Russians began to show. He predicted that the Russians would be our next enemy and that we might as well fight them now rather than later. A lot of us agreed with the way he felt about the Russians.
0: May 8th, the end of the war. Most people would say this
3: is the greatest moment of victory. Did Patton feel that
2: way? When the war was over, he was looking for another war. He applied to go into the Pacific.
3: MacArthur had no interest in having George Patton in his backyard. George Patton.
1: Is simply a hook on which the great eggs of the third army are hanged.
5: He was really saying, you are the men that did it, not me. One month after V
3: E Day, during his visit home, Patton shared a premonition about his death. He said to both his daughters, he said this is goodbye, I, I shan't be seeing you again.
0: Instead of command in the Pacific, Patton and the Third Army were sent to govern Bavaria in the American zone of occupied Germany. Here you have George Patton, a great warrior, now asked to make sure we have food and fuel, firewood cut, and so on throughout Bavaria. Kevin McKetty is a military historian with the United States Army Europe.
6: Patton's opinion
3: was he needed folks who had been in the government before, the Nazi regime, to help run the country. This is very much uh, a parallel with Iraq today. But to do this, he had to violate Ike's no-Nazi policy.
0: Eisenhower was fed up with Patton for defying his denazification orders and remarks like, quote, the Nazi thing is just like a Democrat and
3: Republican election fight.
2: Eisenhower takes Third Army away from him.
3: Probably the most humiliating thing that can happen to any officer. And then he became the commander of the 15th Army, which was, quote, a paper army charged with the task of gathering all the documents from the Second World War. And
2: decided from this, that's it. I've had enough. He wrote his wife, said, I'm going to come home retire from the army. But before he leaves, he decides to go pheasant hunting.
0: The car he rode in has been restored and is on display at the Patton Museum at Fort Knox, Kentucky. General Patton was seated right here in this 1938 Cadillac staff car when it collided with a a two-and-a-half-ton U.S. Army truck on 9 December 1945. Eyewitness reports say he felt immediately paralyzed. Strangely, he was the only one injured. It was on this busy thoroughfare near Mannheim, Germany, that the accident took place. But it was
6: a last-minute plan.
0: 19-year-old PFC Horace Woodring from Kentucky had been Patton's driver for four months prior to the accident. In the mid-1990s, he shared his story about that day.
6: When a train passes, the only thing I see is one vehicle sitting down the road facing me. I take off, and the truck takes off, and he makes a severe left turn right into my car. It's a pretty nasty crash. I look behind me in the back seat and I see General Patton laying across General Gay, which was his chief staff. He had been scalped from here up. Now he's not unconscious, he's talking. He's saying, What happened? What did that crazy guy do? The first vehicle on the scene was an army ambulance, and I tell him immediately that General Patton's in the car severely hurt.
0: Immediately after the automobile crash, General George Patton was brought here to what was then the 130th Station Hospital.
2: He says, tell me the truth. Will I ever be able to ride horses again? And he said, no. It is the best thing I can hope for is to be a semi-invalid. And I said, yes. And he said, Doc, thanks for being straight with me. Eisenhower
0: chose to stay in the States, but Beatrice flew to be by her general's side. The press was kept in the dark, and rumors began to swirl. What he had said was, I was asked by Donovan to kill
4: Patton.
0: Military author Robert Wilcox says this man, OSS agent Douglas Bazada, claimed in 1996 that OSS spymaster William Donovan had ordered him to kill Patton and that it was agreed to by Russian and U.S. intelligence. And Bazzotta is a world-class marksman. And he
6: shot at close range with a special weapon into that car, and that's what broke his neck.
0: Is there evidence of Russian or Soviet complicity in what happened? Yes,
6: there is. I later found a CIC agent, counterintelligence court, Stephen Skubik, and he said he uncovered the plot that Patton was on a hit list made by Stalin and that the NKVD
0: were gonna kill him. NKVD is the predecessor to the KGB. That's correct. The easiest part of this story is the motive. George Patton
6: wanted to go and start World War III. He wanted to
0: start fighting the Russians. He was very much an anti-communist. Correct. There are those who say that he was a political threat to some
2: in Washington. Sure, including Eisenhower. He knew that Eisenhower was going to launch his political career. Yes, he did have enemies. But did he have enemies that were so afraid of him that they would kill him?
6: I do believe that.
0: Patton's condition takes a turn for the worse. Was there foul play? The last days of George Patton. That's next on War Stories. Patton's worst fears were realized. He was paralyzed from the neck down. War stories tracked down Lieutenant Bertha Hole, Patton's nurse at the Heidelberg Army Hospital.
2: He said to me once, he said, why can't I feel my hands? That's really hard to tell somebody. Look at that, you can't use
0: your arms. The 24-year-old nurse from Minnesota remembers the seemingly cruel devices used to keep Patton's spine in traction
2: big spikes put in your skull, right side of your head, attached to a pulley and goes over the bed. His wife came over, read poetry a lot to him.
0: On 20 December 1945, Patton took a turn for the worse. And the next day, the 60-year-old general was dead. The official cause of death? Pulmonary edema and congestive heart failure. On 23 December, his funeral service was held here
4: at the Christ Church in Heidelberg. It was decided that he should lie with his soldiers in Luxembourg because that's what he would have wanted to be. Before he died, Patton told Beatrice
0: he didn't want Eisenhower or Bedell Smith to attend his funeral. As news of the general's death spread, so did the mystery surrounding it. Jamie, what did you hear about the possibility that your grandfather had been assassinated? My grandmother had hired several private detectives to investigate it, and they didn't find anything to substantiate the rumor.
5: Conspiracy theories, the most outrageous one came from a mysterious colonel who had been a spy for the Russians, had some information for me. A nurse or a medical aide had been instructed to open the windows of grandpa's room so that he would contract pneumonia.
6: A classic way that the NKVD used to hit people, they would give them things, they were untraceable, and make you have a heart
0: attack? Is there any indication to substantiate the allegation? There was a doctor who said, let's have an autopsy.
6: And he says, Mrs. Patton said no. And so it never was done. You could exhume his body and, and see. The whole Patton death needs to be reexamined. We first of all have to have the
0: on-scene reports, and I believe they have been purged. Our War Stories investigation confirms that these are the only documents remaining regarding the car crash that led to General Patton's death. The accident report is not here.
3: Let's face it, uh, an accident report involving General Patton could have disappeared in a number of ways.
0: Carlos, some have claimed that George Patton was the victim of an assassination, a murder.
3: Absolute rubbish. I have recorded 19 separate Incidents where he would have been killed. It's an irony. He wanted to die a warrior, and instead, he died the victim of a stupid, senseless, ordinary traffic accident. I have the OSS and the NKVD
6: connection. They set up this accident.
0: Decades after his death, General George Patton's life inspires world champion pitcher Kurt Schilling. That's next on War Stories. Decades after his death, George Patton's legacy continues to inspire. From World Series champion pitcher Kurt Schilling... General Patton was, was destined to be somebody great, somebody epic. He understood that at the end of the game, the only thing mattered was to be the winner. To soldiers fighting in Iraq...
1: I'm sure that the armored soldiers on the ground, from the generals to the privates, invoked the
0: warrior spirit of George Patton and of course, his family.
5: I've come to love and appreciate him as a full-bodied person rather than just as a hero.
0: By the end of World War II in Europe, George Patton was seen as an American hero by millions, but others feared his determination to take on the Soviets could thrust America into World War III. The general's untimely death immediately sparked conspiracy theories. To this day, it's shrouded in mystery. The Army concluded it was merely an accident, but questions remain. Our investigation reveals that the Patton accident report has disappeared, and few other documents still exist, fueling suspicion. Conclusive evidence about how Patton died is unlikely to ever be found, but what is certain is that George S. Patton will always be remembered as a genius of war who inspired his troops to triumph on the battlefield. He said it best, wars may be fought with weapons, but they're won by men. It's the spirit of the men who follow and the man who leads that gains the victory. General George Patton's incredible life story is a war story that deserves to be told. I'm Oliver North. Good night.